Hello, morning everyone. Morning. Grand to be here on this uh, somewhat damp morning, but a little bit warmer than it's been, isn't it, really? Which is lovely. Um, it's always lovely when I think we light the first of the Advent candles. I, I could remember it was, it was hope today. I always struggle with the um, list. But for any of you who know us, we've got three children. Um, we've got a girl at either end and we've got a boy in the middle. Um, both of our girls have been married and have got children and our son has never really had a girlfriend at all, as far as we've known. So he's about low 30s now. Um, about a year ago, um, he met a young lady who is um, Hong Kong Chinese, whose English name is Hope. So, that makes it quite an apt day for us, doesn't it? It's great, really. So, uh, yeah, so that's lovely. So, we've made it. We've made it to December. Um, days are still getting shorter, I'm afraid. A bit miserable. Getting colder, aren't they? Last week, I thought it was freezing. I don't like the cold, so that wasn't great. Strictly Come Dancing is nearly its annual climax. Don't know who's Strictly fans. Um, don't know who your favourites are. Uh, uh, have you not seen Ellie and Vito for me this year? They're going to be the ones. Yeah, and you can't go into any shop now, can you, without hearing Michael Bublé singing something or other about Christmas or doing some sort of advert. Um, so what does that mean? It means we must be getting towards that season, mustn't we? Um, now, I love Christmas. I think Christmas is great. But Christmas is for December. Okay? So I can't do with all those houses. I've got their lights and decorations up early. I'm sorry if that's you. But if it's November, you've gone too early. All right? Once it gets to December... That's Christmas, we're, we're away. So perhaps it's just me being a bit of a sort of a bar humbug, Scrooge or whatever, but that's, that's where I go for. Um, but there's one thing that's not in doubt, is that once we reach Christmas, we are in Advent season. So churches up and down the country now are starting to look towards Christmas, looking towards that time when we celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and as Martin's already said, this year we're running with this theme, Is There Room? Um, on there. Now we know probably for, for most people who are not Christians um, there's not a lot of room for Jesus at Christmas is there? Um, they may go to an advent, they may see their kids or their grandchildren or something doing a school play, they may get some carols sung, but generally speaking there isn't any room for Jesus at Christmas. Um, but the question of this is what about us? Can we as Christians find ourselves in a similar place? Um, now sure, Jesus is going to play a much more prominent role in our lives than he will in most. We've, chances are we'll go to church over Christmas, we'll, we'll do much more. But are we still squeezing him out of the middle of Christmas? Is he still being pushed to the edge? It's a message that we've had a couple of times, isn't it, this year, of keeping Jesus in the centre um, of everything we do. So the short Advent series that we're going to look at over the, the next few weeks He's going to look at, is there room for Jesus in different aspects? So today, um, I'm going to be looking for, is there room for the surprise of Christmas, uh, the surprise of Jesus? Um, Then we've got, is there room for the challenge of Jesus? Is there room for the wonder of Jesus? Is there room for the presence of Jesus? And then culminating on Christmas Day with, is there room for the celebration of Jesus? That's what we're going to be looking at over this Advent series and different people will be, will be talking through. I was thinking this morning as I was walking down, we haven't done very well with our air miles today as Billericay Baptist Church, have we? Because um, I live right next door to Perry Street and Roger lives just up the road here and we've sort of crossed over in the middle, haven't we, as we've gone to different venues. So I don't know who will be taking those services here, um, but that's the, that's the theme that we're going to be working through. And um, Mary's song in Luke 1 is going to be the anchor 
for all of these things. Um, it's that ever-present reminder of what Jesus means, what the reality of Jesus' birth was. Okay, so without any further ado, let's turn to that first question of, that, of this Advent series. Is there room for the surprise of Jesus? Um, our reading today is going to come from Luke chapter 1 and it's going to be those verses that lead up to Mary's song. Um, really well-known verses. Um, we would have heard them time and time again. Um, But let's just read them now and we'll see (coughs) what God is going to say to us about these verses. So we're in Luke 1 and I'm going to start from verses 26 and read through to verse 45. It says this, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. At that time Mary got ready and hurried to the town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfil his promises to her. Thanks be to God for his word. So anyone like surprises? Yeah? Out for surprises? Um, I I sometimes like surprises, but I think on balance I'm not sure I really do. I think I'd sort of rather things be a bit more ordered and a bit bit more sorted out. Um, So when was the last time you had a big surprise? That was more than a surprise. (laughs) But when was the last time that Jesus surprised us? Might be further ago than we sort of really want to admit, mightn't it really? Um, (laughs) Oh, well, that's... Yeah? Yeah, Yeah, I was was heavy-hearted about our son walking with the Lord. And I felt really, really low. And... uh, there's this ping on the phone and there was this 
message from someone I don't know up in Scotland who's just wrote to me out of the blue. I don't know her from, she's a lovely Christian, evidently, saying, you're on my heart. Is there anyone I can pray for in your family today? Fabulous. At that very moment. Perfect. And that's wonderful, isn't it? No, that, that is great. And, and we will touch upon that because there are different levels of surprise, but they are all gifts from God and they're all part of God's great kingdom. And we'll touch on that as we get older. It may, may not be quite as big a surprise as Mary had, um, but it's a fantastic surprise, isn't it? Um, I don't know whether Mary likes surprises, um, but what we do know from that passage that God was about to give her a pretty big surprise. Um, probably the biggest surprise in the whole of history um, was about to come her way. Um, now we think that Mary was probably born in Nazareth and she probably lived in a relatively small house, maybe with a couple of rooms, maybe with some relatives, in a fairly small community. Um, again, she would have lived there probably most of her life and she would have spent her time doing a household work. Um, some quite strenuous chores within that, so working day to day. Um, probably never learned to read, but she would have known of the Messiah all her life. She would have been taught about the Messiah for, for all of her life. Um, and in those days, normally, girls were married in their early teenage years. That was to make sure they had the, the, the full sort of childbearing um, years ahead of them. Um, so although the commentators would, would differ, we probably expect Mary would have been low to mid-teens when the angel Gabriel came to her with this great big massive surprise. Now, I think when you pick up a Christmas card or you see some of these things on the television, we see this very sweet lady and we see a very sweet little baby and we think, wow, that's Christmas. I don't think Mary's life was quite like that. Um, I think she's quite a bit tougher than maybe the picture that we conjure up in our minds. She'd had those daily routines to do. She'd have had her tasks to do. She'd have had her work to do. Um, each day would have been pretty humdrum. It would have been pretty much like the last. It would have been quite tough going. And events that broke that humdrum, that changed that routine, would have been really quite far apart. And into that life comes the angel Gabriel. And he's just about to turn Mary's life absolutely upside down, isn't he? Now Mary's not the only person in the Bible who had a great big surprise from God or Jesus. Um, our house group at the moment, we're just working our way through Acts and we've got to that part in Saul. Um, now Saul, as you know, was a, a, a Roman soldier, quite high up, really just persecuted the Christians, didn't want the word to spread at all, wanted to close everything down. Um, and yet whilst on the road to Damascus, his life, a bit like Mary's, was suddenly thrown into turmoil, wasn't it? God met him in an amazing way and Saul's life, which was probably mapped out for him in the future, he knew where he was going to go, he'd had the education, he'd had the training, he was going to rise to the top. All of that was suddenly changed because Paul was now going to be used by God to be a messenger to the Gentiles. His whole life was turned around by the surprise that God had given him on that way to, to Damascus. So for Mary on the one hand, and for Paul on the other hand, 
These were absolutely enormous surprises. They both came as bolts out of the blue um, for them. And although their lives are very different, although they lived in very different circumstances, what God had done is taken their established pattern of their life and he'd thrown it completely upside down and said to them, actually, I want you to go down um, another route. And for them, the route they went down changed the whole of history. For Mary, she bore the Son of God. For Paul, he was the instrumental in bringing the, the gospel to the Gentiles. The whole world was changed because of those two people and because of those two events. Now, maybe the scale of those events is a little bit unusual. Um, I'm not sure that all of God's surprises have quite that momentous outcomes. But what I am sure is Jesus still has that appetite to surprise us today. Um, and just because it's not world-changing, shouldn't, we shouldn't say it's any more insignificant for that, because what it does do is it changes the world for the person who is being surprised and those around them. Um, Ian's testimony this morning, you know, it's changed his feeling, it's changed the way he's feeling because he knows that someone is praying. So, yes, it might not be a bringing the word to the Gentiles, but for Ian and your family, we pray that that's a prayer that God will answer. Um, and as we look through the Christian community, there are times and times where we've seen stories of lives that have been changed, of careers that have been abandoned or altered, of relationships that have been either formed or reformed, all the time because Jesus has surprised someone and they've acted upon that surprise and they've seen things change. Um, a large part of the reason I'm standing here is that Jesus surprised my wife Barbara. Um, most of you probably know Barbara, she's about sort of five foot on a good day. Um, now we've known each other for ages, our, our joke always is when we first went out she was taller than I was. Um, so we've, we've known each other since we were about 11 or 12. Um, neither of us came from any Christian background at all, um, so we'd never really had any input in, in, into Christianity. So if we roll the clock back about 45 years from where we are now, um, we were sort of engaged to be engaged. Um, we were a bit young, our parents were not too happy about it, so we'd secretly engaged to get engaged later, knowing that we were going to be together for, for the rest of our life. And then Barbara went off to university in Bristol. Um, and has anyone heard of an organisation called the Navigators? Yeah. Well, it was, a, it was a Bristol University event she went to with the Navigators, um, where she met with Jesus. And we're so old, it was pre-mobile phones, um, so she wrote me a letter telling me that that's what, that's what she'd done. Um, I wasn't a Christian, didn't really mean anything to me, didn't know what the Christian Union was, didn't know what the Navigators was, so I thought, it's just another club, you know, like a hockey club or a reading club or whatever. Um, and then it was about a year later um, that, that Barbara was spoken to, I was going to say warned, but not really, but she was spoken to by one, one of her navigator leaders and was just challenged about what the impact would be if she was to marry a non-Christian, what that would do to her Christian walk. Um, and this was God surprising her. Her plan, I think, for her life was mapped out. She knew what it was that she was going to do she knew that she was going to get married, she knew that she was going to go into being nursing, she knew everything that her life was there, and suddenly God was surprising her. Now, she had a bit of a decision to make at that point. Um, 
and she was obedient to God, and she had the strength. Being in, bearing in mind we'd been together for probably, what, six or seven years by then, um, she had the strength to come to me and say, actually, it's not as it's going to be, um, because God has spoken to me um, in this way. Now, it wasn't an ultimatum. It wasn't a, you know, you or God type ultimatum. But what it was, it was a realisation on my part that what she'd experienced was something that was going to change her whole life. It wasn't a club. It wasn't a let's go and do hockey training on a Wednesday night. This was something that was going to impact her and change the direction of of her life. Um, And that realisation led me to find out more about Christianity. And after a fairly tough 18 months or so, I guess, um, Jesus then came to me as well. I gave my life to Jesus. We were baptised in Kingswood Baptist Church in Basildon um, and we were married in the same church um, just over 40 years ago. So the surprise for her wasn't the same as it was for Mary or for Paul. It wasn't going to be something that was going to impact the whole of the world. It wasn't going to change history forever. But it was certainly going to change us and it had a really profound impact upon her, me, our relationship, those friends and family around us as we saw something change. And God has not lost his ability, or I would suggest his appetite, for surprising us. Perhaps the challenge more is how do we respond when that surprise comes along? Now, it sort of appears as if Mary didn't have much choice in whether to accept or challenge those events that were about to happen to her. Um, In that reading, when Mary questioned the process of a pregnancy, how that could happen, the angel answered, you will conceive and give birth to a son. The Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So could Mary have objected and stopped what was going to happen? I guess that's sort of a question we'll never know, do we really? But what we do know is that once that Mary was informed she went on without any question to go along with that plan. She responds, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. So what Mary had done, she'd recognised that sovereignty of God and without thinking of what the implications for her life would have been maybe, she embraced the surprise with everything that would be in the future. Now, for a young teenage girl with relatively little life experience, it was a bold and maybe even a touch naive response, wasn't it? And what about Saul on that road to Damascus? Like Mary, he would have considered himself to be the Lord's servant. But in not seeing that Jesus was the Messiah, he was most certainly not a follower of Jesus. And then we read in Acts 9, as he, that was Saul, neared Damascus on his journey Suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground. So, so far a bit like Mary. God or Jesus' intervention in his life was a surprise, but it wasn't one that he was in control of. It happened to him. But unlike Mary, now Saul had a decision to make, didn't he? Did he believe that the voice he heard was really from Jesus and choose to follow him? Or did he decide that the whole thing was a bit of a hoax and actually just get on with his life as as it was before? He was a high-ranking man. He'd have had access to the best surgeons and physicians and people around. Maybe he could have been healed from his blindness. 
maybe he could have just turned his back. Um, but he didn't do that. Again, there seemed to be no wavering on the part of Saul. Almost immediately he goes along with those plans of Jesus. His life is changed, and probably in a way that he could never dreamt of. And the rest of that is just Bible history, isn't it? We read so much of Paul in, in the Bible. Similarly, going back to Barbara, she had a conscious decision to make. Did she want to change the future plans of her life? Or did she want to follow God's plans for her life? Now, gladly for both of us, she chose to follow God's plans. But sometimes we don't do that, do we? So maybe that first question for today is, are we open to God's surprises in our lives? Now, I say, I'm I'm not always a great one for surprises. And I think as I'm getting older and older, I get more and more set in my ways. Now, this is a real challenge for me um, because I wonder, am I open to that surprise from God? Am I as open as I was when I was a younger man? Am I prepared to change some of the things that I'm doing? So I sort of feel, while, while my life's going along this track and God's will is going along this track and we're, and we're parallel, it's great, isn't it? And everything seems you know, swimming and you think everything's going brilliant. And then suddenly God's track starts to go that way and my track wants to go straight on. And suddenly that gap becomes a bit bigger, doesn't it? And I just find that's a real challenge for me. Is that, am I prepared to do that? Am I still open um, to those surprises? I, I work with a man at, at Stewardship. Um, it's a, a Christian organisation I worked for for a while. Um, and his wife was about to turn 60. And I think it was rather dangerous. Um, but he said to her, what would you really like for your 60th birthday? Dangerous question, isn't it? Who knows what would come back. Um, her response was, what I really want is a new adventure with God. Now, it would have been quite easy for them to pay lip service to that, wouldn't it? And move on, maybe. Um, what did they end up doing? They ended up moving home. They ended up moving church to an inner city environment. They ended up starting a charity that tackled knife crime in inner city London. They were open for a surprise and they were prepared to take it on. So that second question is, how do we take it on? How do we accept that surprise? Are we willing to do that? Um, Mary accepted the will of God. Saul, again, the most significant follower of Jesus, maybe in that early church you'd ever seen, accepted the will of God. Barbara and this other couple accepted the will of God, changing their life. So it may be like Mary that we can do nothing about the surprises that we face. We simply have to accept, or not, the consequences of it. And it may be like Saul or Barbara and the other couple, that we've got a conscious decision to make. We're surprised and then we've got to decide where we go. Do we choose to follow that plan? Or do we think, perhaps, maybe we're just okay as we are and we'll just carry on? I think finally, but really importantly, we need to remember that even though those surprises might knock us off of our stride, the changing course is always the best thing for our life. God's plan is always better than anything that we're on at the moment. So for Mary, for Paul, those surprises led to huge changes across the world. But they were for the better. For Barbara and the couple in London, our lives, their lives, wouldn't have had the same vibrancy, wouldn't have had the same impact that they'd got if they hadn't chosen to follow Jesus. 
So we might not always understand those surprises, particularly at the time. Um, but what I want to suggest to us is that this Christmas time, we need to be open to them. We need to respond to them positively in the knowledge that those God's plans are for the good of all of us, you know, and um, better, than, better than anything we've got ourselves. Um, last week in, in Perry Street, um, Gareth from London City Mission um, was speaking and he put up a picture of a, a tapestry right at the end. And in his imagination, this tapestry was something put together by God from the beginning of the time right the way through to the end of time with the cross right in the middle. And basically what he was saying was that, that as Christians, we are part of that tapestry. We're woven in to that tapestry. Um, and I just thought it was a great picture. And, and, and dare I say, just to finish, that I wonder if that tapestry would be more vibrant and more colourful as we respond to those surprises that God gives us as we weave our way through history and become part of God's kingdom. So let's pray, shall we? Father God, I just want to thank you that you have the power um, and the will to want to intervene in our lives, Father. I want to thank you that you want to use us as vessels for your kingdom and that you want to use us to help um, move your kingdom forward and to bring others to know you. Father, I would ask that at this Christmas time we would remain open to those things that you would want for us, Lord. We We would remain open to be surprised by you. And Lord, in the event that we are surprised, Father, that we would react to that positively. Lord, I think back to Mary and and I can't imagine what a surprise um, was bestowed upon her at that time, Father. Um, Although it was a great honour, it must have been a huge shock to her as well. And and yet, Lord, she was able to respond in such a positive way. Um, For Paul, his life was, was turned around. Uh, on the Damascus Road. And yet again, Lord, he chose to follow you. And Father, I would just ask that for myself and and for all of us here, Lord, that we would be uh, prepared to follow what it is that you would want for us, that we would be prepared to change the direction of our lives and that we would be open to those surprises that would come to us, Father. I pray that there is room for surprise for Jesus this Christmas. So, Lord, we just thank you for your word. Uh, And Lord, as we turn now towards communion, Father, again, we just pray that you would be with us um, as uh, as we work through communion and as we remember you in that way too. So Lord, again, we just praise you and thank you. Amen.